Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the show that charts the development of the pre-crisis DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters through Silver and Bronze Age of comics. I'm Logan McFarlane. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We have another interim episode because Peter is still under the weather. Following on from last week's episode where Green Arrow and Speedy travelled back in time using drugs. Using drugs. Speedy needs to stop with the drugs. And met Robin Hood. This week we are going to encounter another historical personage who appeared during the Justice League, Justice Society, Seven Soldiers epic, obviously from JLA issues 100 to 102. Who is that historical personage? Which is We're not going to tell you immediately. You're going to have to wait and see. Listeners, we're doing a story from Superboy issue 170, published on the 6th of October 1970, a couple of days before John Lennon's 30th birthday. Good to know. Interesting. So Mama Steele would have been? Mama Steele would have been. She won't ask. She won't thank us for this. She would have been 28, and this is about three weeks, just over three weeks before my dad's 30th birthday. Your folks would both be alive as well. Yeah. When's John's birthday? The 15th of October, something like that? Yeah. No? So how old would he have been in 1970? Two three, or three. Two or three. Oh. <laughs> Mum would have been four. Yeah. Maybe. Not bad. So, yes, Superboy issue 170. We're going to tell you about the cover very briefly. There's a blonde-haired freckle kid standing with a pair of shoes in his hand and a shirt with a pair of trousers in his hand and a pair of glasses in his hand, significantly, and Superboy is flying in through an open bedroom window and this boy is saying, You're Clark Kent, eh, Superboy? What's it worth to you to keep it quiet? Yep, someone's discovered Superboy's secret identity. Uh-oh, with a caption that reads, Easy Rider of Doom plus Superboy's Biggest Blunder. Now, listeners, we are not doing the cover story. It basically is a story about a kid called Krusty, which Logan finds hilarious. Krusty is basically a sort of cousin, second cousin of Clark's from out of town who comes along and causes all sorts of havoc and gets up to mischief before there's some stuff with some dynamite and things before Superboy eventually sorts it out. And that's pretty much all you need to know because, however, Superboy does mention him briefly in his narration. So this story is narrated by Superboy. This is the six-page backup strip, so you're not going to be here for long, listeners, don't you worry. Narrated by Superboy, where we once again meet someone from the past who rocked up in that JLA story, which we repeated in omnibus form a couple of weeks ago. So, listeners, if you have your copy of Superboy 170, dig it out. If you don't, we'll wait for a minute while you go and do so. And we'll flick past the letters page for the issue. And we come to it now. The opening part of the story is narrated by Superboy. There's that traditional inserted sort of disembodied head floating about as he is telling us... But there was a time I saved another boy's life. Kid very much like Krusty, only to realize too late that it was the greatest mistake I ever made. That was a troubled day when I committed Superboy's Super biggest, biggest blunder. Our opening image is a shot of young Kal-El flying back down to Earth from space. We can see the moon in the background, so it's a full moon. It's the moon. Take a drink. That's a good start. Yeah. Awesome. Superboy's narration continues. I was returning from a space patrol, and somewhere over the sprawling ruins of ancient Great Wall of China, suddenly... Yep, it looks as if a twister has kicked up. We can see the Great Wall down the ground, a twister tornado has come up from nowhere, and Superboy's trapped in it. He's thinking, I'm being swept down, out of control, a a tornado. But but no windstorm on Earth is this powerful. I'm helpless to fight it. Gosh the next panel, we see Superboy colliding with the ground in front of the wall. Interesting. And his narration tells us, And then, as suddenly as it came, the mysterious twister vanished and dumped me at the foot of the wall. 
A wall that now seen close up no longer looked ancient. A perspective shifts on this final panel. We're up on top of the wall. Looking down, we can see Superboy on the ground. There are a number of armed men standing around. They're obviously from quite a way back in time. You can see swords and they're wearing sort of almost like kilts. But it's a wooden structure. It looks like a giant wooden catapult. But not really because at the end of it there's a cauldron which looks as if it's full of boiling oil. One of the, the armed men remarks, Must be Timujin. Come to attack us. And the other one yells, Kill! Kill him! And he waves his sword. Superboy's narration for the first panel of page two. Was this a setting for a movie? I quickly got my answer. Yes, because the soldiers on top of the wall have tipped the cauldron forward and the burning glowing liquid is falling down towards Superboy, who thinks... They... they're dropping something on me? Panel two has definitely gone in the socials because as the liquid strikes, Superboy realises... It was molten lead! Fantastic. Interesting worth to point out that his costume doesn't get damaged. Anyway, Superboy's narration for panel three... I was too stunned by the strange welcome to get angry just yet. We're back up on top of the wall. The soldiers have realised that he hasn't been harmed by the molten lead. One soldier cries, He is invulnerable. Another one says, Is is a demon god. Flee for your lives. He will be furious. Take vengeance on us. Soldiers start to run away. Down on the ground, Superboy looks up thinking, Who have they mistaken me for? Then his narration for the final panel of page two reads... And then I really blew my stack. I was literally boiling mad. And there's a massive crunch sound effect. And Superboy punches the base of the wall, thinking, No matter who, that's no way to greet a stranger. So, we arrive at the top of page three, and Superboy's narration tells us, I didn't realise then, but I was being watched. And our perspective has shifted. We're standing behind him. There's three figures on horseback. One of whom has a obviously a quiver of arrows over his shoulder. Another dressed in... Sort of golden tunic with a golden hat with a bit of fur around the rim. He's a long sword at his waist. In front of them all, we can see the damage to the wall and Superboy standing in front of it. As all this is going on, Superboy is thinking, Is it possible that was no ordinary tornado? Have I been plunged back in time by some immense cosmic time warp? And the figure in yellow says, Truly, he is amazing. We could use a superpowered youth like him. Superboy's narration for panel two, I had no further doubts. When moments later, Superboy twirls his head to see that the figure in gold and his two pals are riding towards him on their horses. The figure in gold raises a hand saying, Stranger, we are friends. I am Timujin, chieftain of all we survey between here and the River Amur. Who are you? Superboy's narration for the next panel. I identify his speech as ancient Mongolian, and Amur formed one of Mongolia's boundaries. Then, answering in his tongue, In my land, I am known as Superboy. But you're so young to be a chieftain. They start ready off in the next panel. Superboy floating along beside us. Temujin says, I am your age. According to tribal law, I succeeded my father at 13. And already, I weary of paying tribute to the emperor of China. If you, with your astonishing strength, would join us, we could crumble the Great Wall and end his oppression forever. As Temujin and Superboy move on to the distance, his two pals are on horseback with him. They hang back. The first one says, Temujin grows too big for his father's boots. This must not be. His mad ambition will destroy us all. We arrive at the top of page four. Timurjan's still on horseback, Superboy standing beside him, and his boots appear to have turned yellow. Must be a side effect of the time travelling. And down in the valley in front of them, we can see a whole bunch of tents and stuff. There's always some kind of camp happening. Timurjan is saying, We have reached my camp. You can share all liberated territory with me, almighty one. I await your reply. I need time. It's not a light decision. I have taken a vow against misusing my special powers. And a slow dissolve. Some time has passed. Superboy looks on as Temujin and his pals look as if they're doing some kind of sumo wrestling. But anyway, 
Superboy's narration for this panel reads, Later, as they indulge in primitive feats of strength. Yes, the wrestling is going on. Temujin looks to Superboy and says, Forget your problem for now. Come join with us. Perhaps I can provide you with proper competition. And he calls to a few people off to the side, saying, Kolia, Yamusa, Hogtai. And in the next panel, we see Superboy standing as three older men. One is bald, wearing a kind of furry kilt type thing. Another guy also bald, wearing a red kilt. And another guy with a slightly back dark hair, wearing a green sort of kilt, all rushing towards Superboy. As Temujin watches and says, Ho ho! Now we shall have some fun. Defend yourself, super lad. The caption for the next panel reads, Instance later. And we see that Superboy has grabbed all three of those men and he's lifting them up in the air with his left hand, saying, Is this the best you can do, Temujin? Temujin looks astonished and his two pals, who were hanging back earlier on, are watching and the first one says, It is impossible to destroy this stranger, but if before he forms an evil alliance with Temujin... True. What is an alliance with only one partner? And we turn the page and we pass a full page advertisement for National Diamond Sales... Any item on this page only $20 monthly. Logan, if you had to pick one of those rings, which one would you get? I'd pick the world's finest military ring, this one. Interesting. Aqu- Aqu- what is that one? What is that one called? <laughs> this one, the Cherry Blossom. Oh, right. Well, cherry Blossom's obviously my favourite listeners. That tells you all you need to know about me. Good grief. So, Superboy's narration then for the first panel on page five reads, That night, my dilemma was still unsolved. See, Superboy, obviously making a bed in some furs. Timogen standing over him, his massive sword. Temujin is saying, You must share everything with me, O Invincible One. But I grow impatient. I must have your answer by morning. With you at my side, I have another army. I... I'll sleep on it, Temujin. And then Superboy's narration for panel two reads, But I was not to have much sleep that night. And we see, outside one of the tents, two guys that were hanging back, supposedly keeping an eye on Temujin earlier on. They're walking forward. One has a spear in his hand. One has a massive sword. The one with the spear... The guy with the kind of coned helmet, as opposed to the other guy with the arrows in his back. The guy with the coned helmet is saying, That is the side on which he sleeps. See the bulge of his body. And we can see indeed the weight of the side of the, the tent where someone is asleep. The other guy says, One sure thrust together, and his tyranny is ended. In the next panel, we're inside the tent. Superboy is woken up, he's obviously heard them. And he can see their shadows looming up against the wall of the outside of the tent, with their weapons raised, about to strike. Superboy thinks... Assassins must save him. From outside the tent, we hear the voice of one of the assassins saying, Now, together, and the spear and the sword come through the side of the tent. But thankfully, Superboy has lunged forward and there's a clung and a clang as the spear and the sword strike his body instead of Temujin's. Gosh! In the next panel, two baddies have pulled their weapons back out from the side of the tent. And the guy in the cone helmet notes that his spear is, well, he says, But bent, like fish barbs. And his gap-tooth pal, whose sword is now bent and completely useless, says, Is Temujin invulnerable too? And then Superboy's narration for panel five. Suddenly, in rapid succession. Yes, the two bad guys turn as from the side of the frame. Two arrows fly towards them as a voice says, Temujin is unconquerable. Die, traitors! We've arrived at the top of page six, Superboy's narration for panel one. Too late to save the misguided fools. I ran to the tent flap. And he opens the tent to see Temujin standing with a bow. We can see the feet and ankles of the two would-be assassins as they're dead on the ground. Superboy says, Temujin, but, but you're sleeping inside. So they thought, as did you, says Temujin. He crosses, moves into the tent in panel two, lifts the covers of what we thought was his sleeping form. He says, this is why I remain supreme leader. All plotters against me remain the goats, as this drugged beast I put in my place. 
You can see, yeah, basically. He's drugged, he's drugged a goat. He's drugged a goat and stuck in his bed, and it's the goat that got stabbed. That's a shame. But the goat's fine, though. No, no it's Superboy jumped in the I suppose. Well, yes, we're going to forgot about that. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for reassuring So no me. animals are harmed in this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank we goodness for that. A slow dissolve Superboy's narration for panel three of page six. By the next morning, I was sure of my answer. And we see the young Timogen, sat on the back of a magnificent white horse, surrounded by his full army. Superboy standing some distance away, and Timogen is saying... We await only your word, and we march to victory. How say you, O Super One? I say, Almighty Smoosian, that we take different paths to benefit mankind. Your path must be yours alone. The next panel, we see Superboy flying back through time. You can see him passing through 1870 and arriving at 1955. It's one of those twisty, turny, colourful vortexes with all the letters that we've not actually seen in the podcast for yonks. As he flies back to the future, Superboy's narration continues. My mind reeled as I sped ahead into my time zone. Had I been instrumental in the deaths of two plotters or patriots? And then Clark's narration continues for the final panel of the story. I was to learn the grim truth later that day in my classroom as Clark Kent. And we see Clark, red jumper in place and all that, sat at his desk. His teacher is up at the blackboard, writing in chalk, and she's saying, And so... Many years later, Temujin, now a man, did scale the Great Wall of China and continued to greater conquests to become known as the cruelest tyrant in history, Genghis Khan. And a surprised and astonished Superboy thinks to himself, Great Krypton, if I only knew then what I know now. And a small Superman-shielded caption reads, The The End. end. So yes, listeners, Temujin was Genghis Khan. Who, Plot twist. Who was encountered by Sandman of Earth 2, Metamorpho, and of course the adult Superman of Earth 1, who makes no reference whatsoever at all to having met Genghis Khan when he was a teen. So that's that's a bit of an oversight. Hmm. Fascinating. As very fascinating. <laughs> I think so. It's almost worth doing just, you know, on the podcast for that alone. Yeah. Do you know much about Genghis Khan? Not much, Me to neither. be honest. Me neither. I know a little bit more about him now. I didn't know he was called Temujin, for example. Neither did I. Listeners, did you know that Genghis Khan was called Temujin? I don't know. What do you think of the story, Logan? Yeah. It was a nice wee short story, you know. Got a wee bit of action and Superboy going into a time warp vortex thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Up in a different time zone. That's, that's pretty cool. cool. I mean, we're no, we don't really get an explanation as to what caused the, the a, tornado. A time warp vortex. I wonder if it was some kind of side effect flying back through time of everything that was going on with the, the hand and all that stuff during the, the GLA, JSA 7 soldier story. When we write our DC comic, we'll make it so not a single mention of Vandal Savage. I know, I saw that. Which, one of the things we talked about on the Seven Soldiers one was that it was set on Earth 2. Mm-hmm. And that had established already that Vandal Savage had been Genghis Khan. Yeah. So this is on Earth 1 and there's not a single mention of Vandal Savage either. So, I don't know, listeners, you can draw your conclusions. But that's twice we've seen Genghis Khan in other stories and there's not been a single mention of Vandal Savage. So, interesting. Maybe Vandal Savage was lying. <sighs> Controversial. Very. Yeah, I liked the molten lead bit. That was cool. That panel yeah. was... I would get a full back tattoo of that panel. But no, it's good. Superboy visits the Great Wall of China and meets young Genghis Khan. That does the job. No artist credits at the start of the story, but looking back to the, the lead story, that was drawn by Brown and Anderson. I'm guessing Bob Brown and Murphy Anderson, so well, we might well assume that it's them. But that was a lot of fun. A nice little follow-on from the, the Seven Soldiers epic, etc., Logan, thank you once again for joining us. Always a pleasure, David. Awesome. Always. Thanks for helping us out. Listeners, we're recording this on the 8th of January. 
hopefully, by the time the next episode is due out. Peter will be back to full strength, and if not, Logan might be on standby as we ask Peter to dig up. Peter's contributing by selecting the stories in a way, so he's almost like John Cleese in Series 4 of Monty Python, or John Lennon in the Beatles Anthology, or something like that. Yes, he's here in spirit. As usual, listeners, we'd like to hear what you thought of the story. You can email us, theearth2podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, at theearth2podcast. On Twitter, we are podcast underscore earth2. As usual, we'll stick a few panel highlights on the socials. I have managed at this 11th hour to find no less than five foreign reprints of Superboy 170, so they'll all be going up to pad it out for a day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Hopefully we'll be back to normal by next week. In the meantime, I'm Logan McFarlane. I'm David Steele. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again soon on the Earth Earth 2 2 Podcast. Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. Awesome. We're a third of the way through already. A third of the way through. Good grief. Good grief. That is a short story. It's a Mm. short one today. Great. It helps. It means everyone's got more time to do other things. Like Not listen to us. Yeah. (laughs) 